0: How's it South Africa and thanks for listening to Farmers Inside Track, the country's most downloaded farmers' podcast. Welcome to episode 289. I'm your host, Dawnemdu. Today we have the privilege of conversing with the well-known and well-loved northwest cattle farmer, Ipeleng Kwadi Seboni, a true luminary in the world of farming and rural development, with a list of titles that's as impressive as a dedication to the sector, Ipeleng joins us to discuss her incredible journey in agriculture. Ipeleng Kwadi, Seboni, I am so happy to be able to talk to you on Farmer's Inside Track finally. I feel like I've known you since my journey in agriculture started and it is such a pleasure to have you here. Hi Dawn. You know, I get so excited when I get invitations from Food farms, and you know, to be part of this initiative i get excited i feel at home definitely i mean we feel that you're part of the food from zanzi family and you and a number of other farmers that have just kind of been there from the beginning and it's so great to be able to share your story now on this platform and i was just thinking about it the other day that i really can't think of the northwest without thinking about you (laughs) it's about where your journey started in agriculture and what led you to where you are today you wear many hats And I want to get into all of that a little bit later, just how you play differently in all of these roles. But firstly, just start at the beginning. Where did agriculture catch you to start out with? Everything started at home. You know, I grew
1: up in the family farm with so much people who have interest of agriculture. All my sisters, my brothers, mom and dad, we are all in the same industry. So
0: this was just one of those things I was fortunate. And honestly, I'm so jealous because I only discovered it much later, but you were born into it. But it must have been really amazing. Can you share some of the memories of what it was like growing up in a farming family? I normally say, you know, one of the best memories that I have as a family
1: fun is during Christmas times. We'll be chasing chickens. My cousins will be visiting us, you know, going to be showing them how we collect eggs, what we do with the sick animals. It was such a beautiful journey, especially around the time because it's the festive season. It's time to be around the family, get to enjoy the festive, but it was always exciting because
0: you'd see most of my cousins were looking forward to coming and join us at the farm. Just to, you know, come back to time in agriculture, as I mentioned before, you kind of represent the sector in various ways. You're the chairperson of Youth in Agriculture and Rural Development in the Northwest Province. You're a national convener of youth and agriculture and rural development in South Africa. You're a mentor of a youth advocacy program at the office of the premier in the Northwest. So you really play a very major role in kind of showcasing the diversity of the sector, but more so living it through everything that you do. What did it take for you to get to this point? Tell us about some of the parts that you enjoy most about playing this role or being in these positions to be able to have a bigger impact in the sector besides, you know, actively farming yourself. When you go
1: through my history and my profile in the agriculture sector, you'd see that from 2009 up to 2018, I was directly at the farm. If there was anything that I was doing was grabbing opportunities of training. know, getting to understand this industry better, not just only the bring the experience of my parents and the knowledge, but getting to understand uh, because agriculture is evolving, it's changing every day. So one of the opportunities that I used so much was attending as mini trainings as much as I can. But from 2019, you could see that when now, Ipineng, now she's into the mentoring, she's into these organizations of agriculture networking and building the relationship not just only with the government but i was building the relationship also with other farmers i was building relationship with other private sectors to come and say how can we develop myself and my peers who are in the industry in a particular different way because you can see now technology is just here you know i cannot just sit in the farm and say this is enough i need to understand this evolving agriculture, understand how we can use technology into the farms. So from 2019, I was out there getting the opportunity to to join farmers' networks. And also, I had the opportunity to be exposed to the media, to share my story of other young farmers who are looking particularly into the growing themselves in this industry, especially in the livestock. Because we've seen a lot of young male figures who have been doing well in the industry. But now here are young girls who are joining the industry and also want to see how we can make the difference in saying do things differently. Ippeleng started doing this, but now it could be easier for you to follow this route. So yeah, I'm happy that it's evolving and I'm part of those initiatives that makes a difference into the life
0: of other young farmers. No, definitely. And it actually brings me to my next question because... I was going to ask you to kind of describe your growth as a woman in agriculture compared to your male colleagues or your fellow farmers. Was it very difficult for you to kind of be part of these various organizations, standing strong in it, seeing that it is a very male-dominated sector, but it has changed uh, quite a bit. And there's a lot of recognition, there's a lot of funding, there's a lot of drive towards empowering more women to thrive in the sector. But were there any points where you were like, oh man, this is horrible for me as a woman, for me as a woman trying to lead? Maybe you can tell us about the practical things that kind of went into doing that and setting it up so that you could kind of lead the way for others to follow. Part of my growth in the industry is through
1: the mentorship from my parents. And also the most important part that I want to highlight was that most of my growth also comes from a male farmer's had uh, the interest in growing male farmers within the industry so part of those mentorship they equip me with more knowledge to understand that agriculture is a collaborative industry you cannot go far alone you need to tag everyone understand your vision so part of my passion is make sure that all those challenges that i had when i've been growing up in the industry they don't experience that And through the networks, you know, we are able to share those challenges. And of course, some of the challenges, the fact that you are a woman when you get to the auction and you are bringing the kettle, they'll be saying, Ah, it's the husband's kettle. So, they'll actually say that to you. Wow. (laughs) Yes, receive such comments. They'll be saying, Ah, it's not husband's work. And I'm like, Okay, my husband, we are just two years in this marriage, and he found me doing this cattle thing within the family, you know. But then now because I'll be carrying the cattle now it, it, it is seen as if it no it's the husband. So honestly Don, we are trying to break that barrier that other women when they are looking at other they mustn't look things at a smaller eye, but they must look in a bigger picture that it is possible to breed uh, it is possible to get into the mainstream of supply and meat, you know, the red meat in South Africa. So meaning there's nothing that, that can stop women.
0: No, definitely. I think I'm always amazed by the comments and the stories that people share when it comes to their hand experience, you know, dealing with the sector as a woman. I take my hat off to you daily for just pushing through and kind of just going with it and not, you know, standing back for anyone or anything for that matter. Another aspect and something that we spoke we've spoken about quite extensively is around the commercialization of black farmers in this country and it is a major setback. What do you think is this is the struggle for most farmers to to get to commercial level and how do you think the future can change to to better empower producers to actually scale up and be bigger and be recognized as commercial farmers within the country specifically black producers? Some of the for commercialization, I think the
1: market penetration, I think farmers need to understand exactly what they need to supply and what are the requirements and what are the compliance It's very important into the market. You need to understand this thing of record keeping doesn't only end in the farm records of, they only end with you recording a number of cattle that have been sold this year, the number of cattle that were lost during the year. It also comes with compliance. You, you return your taxes and then you understand that to be in the formal market, you also need such things within the farm, such things like water rights. You know, nowadays, is when you apply for your fundings, they need the certificate of water rights all those certificates that they need mm-hmm. most of the farmers they understand it in a way that they think there's a lot of tapes within the market but honestly speaking uh, uh, the health of our consumers needs to on the spot. you need to understand that from the farm from your handling facilities to the abattoir up to the house in the in the market farmers need to know that there is a certain accountability especially when it comes to the health of the red meat. So uh, farmers need to prepare themselves in making sure that they comply with the regulations that are out there. And they need to also comply within the service and all those things. Because normally when you apply for your fundings as well, they'll be wanting to see your farm records, you know. You might not have the bank in good standing, but you are selling beef or you are selling cattle every week. You don't have record of that. So even the banks, they need to understand where you come from. How have you been developing? How is your business model? Is it declining or is it functioning? So those are some of the things that the farmers really need to look into this thing of compliance and take it very serious.
0: I think that's a very important aspect, Ipaling, and I think often overlooked aspect where farmers will apply for funding, apply for any kind of support and the business principles or practices aren't really there. And I think that's definitely something that we try to drive home with many developing farmers on this specific platform. And I think you've just reiterated that very beautifully once again. So thanks for that advice. And then can just look to the future as we start wrapping up this conversation. How are things going on the farm? Where do you see yourself growing to? And also just what do you think will happen within the next, say, five to ten years? You know, my husband normally
1: says there's a space for everyone to flourish. I think the future of agriculture looks promising with so much young farmers penetrating into the industry. And also we see a lot of women investing into this industry. So in the next coming years, I see a lot of changes, a lot of game changes in the industry. And when I look at some years ago, there were few women and particularly in the leadership of agriculture. Remember this, organis- this agricultural organization, Women in Agriculture and Rural Development, or the Youth in Agriculture and Rural Development. Now we see a lot of leadership of women and youth who are on the front row of these organizations. This also gives our women and ourlings the opportunity to make the decisions within the policies that are implemented in the industry. They also get the opportunity to raise the voice of the young people I'm happy that this organization plays a very important role in transforming this agricultural sector. So it's very exciting. And also to see that we've got a Minister of Agriculture and Rural Development, who's also in the leadership of agriculture. And you check the director, agriculture is evolving. And we are happy that some of the people in the space, they are taking the opportunity to be part of those organizations. And one other thing I would like age, young people out there to take the opportunity to join these organizations and speak the same voice, working collectively in collaboration to raise
0: our challenges within the industry. Definitely. And I think that's part and parcel what I wanted in terms of last comments from you. What would you kind of, now just reflecting on your own journey, say to yourself from like five years ago? And if you're listening to this podcast in 10 years time, what would you say to your future self?
1: You know, in the next 10 years, I would love to see myself exporting the meat. You know, with so much network that we had through the Food from Zanzi Gather to Grow, we get the opportunity to network with farmers, not just only young farmers, but at first, uh, particularly male and female who are out there in the African countries who are also facing the very same challenges that we are facing in the southern part of Africa, which is climate change. Climate change has been an enemy for the past years. But so through such platforms, we are able to network. So I would love to see myself having that opportunity, having that place to comply, having all those relevant documents to export my meat and grow and grow and grow.
0: Thank you so much for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track, Northwest cattle farmer Gwadi Seboni. You can of course read more on this topic and her story by visiting www.foodformzanzi.co.za. And that's a wrap from me, Do Numdu, our technical producer, Megan van Der and the rest of the hashtag Team FoodformZanzi. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.
1: Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Zanzi so much.